Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Today, to clarify, apparently I said New Year's service is going to be 1 a.m. That's not true. 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Uh, on New Year's is for the, the service. Although, like I said, if I'm going to be awake at midnight, might as well be awake at 1, right? Let's just come in and get it done. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, if we do it at 1 a.m., it'll just be a praise service. I'm not preaching at 1 a.m. So, uh, <clears throat> 1 p.m. on New Year's Day, 10.30 on Christmas Day. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that Christmas Day service. Uh, we've done it, I think, once, twice, twice in our time here. And we did it once in Indiana as well. And uh, it is a, it's a special, special day. So I hope, hopefully you'll be able to join us with the, if you're here in the area and uh, looking forward to that. Um, and then again, Wednesday the 21st, we'll do a Cookies and Finger Foods Wednesday. Um, I guess it doesn't have to be cookies. It'll be whatever you want, snacks of some sort, uh, and come enjoy together uh, there. And uh, I always have a hard time around Christmas because it's like the Christmas story, there's plenty in the Christmas story to do a month-long series on. <coughs> but once you get up to that week of Christmas, it's like, all right, well, we're going to we have a Christmas Day service, so we're going to cover the Christmas story on Christmas Day. And so then it's like, well, what do you talk about on the Wednesday before? You just keep doing psalms. Do you do something different? We'll figure it out, but it'll be a good time either way. So hopefully you'll be here that Wednesday and that Sunday of Christmas as well. If you're in the area, of course, we'd love to have you for those services. Uh, we're in uh, Genesis 22, which is the story of Abraham and Isaac. One of the most, um, I say one of the most unique stories in Scripture. Of course, it's not unique in the sense it's the only time it ever happened because it is a great picture of Christ and what Christ did for us as well. Uh, but nonetheless, it's one of these stories that I feel like as a kid it sticks with you. Um, you know, you talk through it and uh, I, I probably had as much fun acting out this story, teaching kids class, children's church, uh, as, as any other thing. I can think back when I was in college, I worked in the children's church, and um, this one and the Walls of Jericho were my two favorite ones to do, and I had the kids act them out. And this one was fun because I tied a kid to a table, um, and, uh, and I didn't use a real knife, but uh, uh, we had a lot of fun with it, and the kids had a good time with it as well. So I, I always remember this one fondly when I think back in time to the times that I've taught it or heard it taught as well. It's a very unique story. Uh, look in verse number one. It says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt. We, we know that word. And listen, I don't say this to say that there's mistakes in scripture. So please don't mis misquote me on this. The word is test. Uh, ultimately, you go back and look in the original language. It's, it's test, tempt, test. Same thing, right? Our English translators, um, I don't know. I'm, they're smarter than me, so who knows? But that, that's what it doesn't mean because we just talked about recently how God does not tempt you to do evil, um, and that's, that stays true. That holds true. God does not tempt us to do evil. Um, he does try us. He does test us in different aspects here, and, and a lot of times, most of the time, it's trying our faith. It's the testing of our faith, and that's what he was doing to Abraham. So it says, God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, and listen to this instruction, it's so specific and, and just really intriguing the terminology that God uses. He says, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac. 
Now we've had issues with Abraham and his son before, right? Trying to figure out which son. Okay, so you understand. But nonetheless, you see the terminology being used here is really intriguing to me. Thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So much in this um, command of God, right? He says, take thy, uh, thy son, your only son, the son that you love. It just uh, To me, it's really, really intriguing. Uh, and he says, I want you to go into the land of Moriah and just go ahead and go. And once you get close, I'll tell you exactly where I want you to go. Which, let's be honest, Abraham was known for going wherever God told him to go. And he was somewhat of a sojourner, a wanderer through, through, through the lands, going where God led him, and then stopping when God told him to stop. And this continues on in this story with Isaac as well. So first of all, the test given, and that's what the test is. Take your son, your only son, whom thou lovest. The first time in Scripture that we see the word love. 22 chapters in, I, Abraham and Isaac. Take thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest, and offering there a burnt offering. Again, I just think of it as a dad. I thought about it as a child in the early parts of my life. Like, dad, would you ever do that to me? As a father, I look at it and I say, would I ever do that to my children? He says, take your son, your only son Isaac, and offer him on, the, uh, on an offering as a burnt offering. You're going to kill your, your son. That's what I want you to do. That's the test given. Secondly, we see preparation for obedience. It's funny, isn't it? I, I always think of obedience. Uh, one of, uh, I think it was Brett's teachers at one point used the phrase, slow obedience is no obedience. And we still use that phrase around our house. Slow obedience is no obedience. But to be honest with you, obedience takes some preparation. As much as we are to immediately obey, and, and Abraham did, uh, there is preparation involved for obedience. It's why kids don't obey early in life as quickly as they do hopefully later in life because there has to be the preparation for obedience. The, hey, if you don't obey, there's a consequence. It's a learning and it's a growing phase in a child's life. The natural sense is to not obey. That's why as a little child, when you say, don't touch that, and they look at you and slowly move their hands towards whatever you told them not to touch, right? And in some cases, they learn a really hard lesson. Other times, they, they learn a, a more gentle lesson, depending on the situation. But there is a preparation to obedience. And Abraham's preparations in verse number three, he rose up early. Now listen, I, and I'm going to read into this a little bit, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but... When I look at this story, I see Abraham's, he, he, he didn't stall. He didn't stall. You know, my first thought is always, man, this command to go take Isaac and sacrifice him, I'd have been looking for ways out. You know, look outside the tent. Hmm, looks like bad weather today, God. We're going to have to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> and God's like, it's 3 a.m., you can't see anything. Go back to bed, get up in the sunlight, and get out of here. Ah, man, the wind's coming out of the west. Uh, you know what they say, wind of the west, be doomed. Wind of the east, I don't know, I couldn't think of anything to rhyme with either one of them. So, 
That was winter of the East. Winter of the East be doomed, winter of the West be best. Uh, that's what it was. That's, yeah. So anyways, uh, he, we don't see him making excuses. We don't see him dragging things out. He got up early in the morning, and he saddled his donkey, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claved the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. We see this preparation for obedience. It wasn't uh, uh, looking for ways out, which just blows my mind. And we know, and we'll look at this faith in a minute, but it still blows my mind. So he prepared for the obedience, to do what God told him to do. Thirdly, we see the separation from obstacles. We're talking about obeying God. We have to understand that there are things that are going to get in the way. And we have to find a way to separate ourselves from those. Verse number five. Uh, well, verse 4, The third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Separation from obstacles. These young men, might, and I am purely opinion and guess on this, there's a good chance that these young men would not have had the faith of Abraham and what we learned to be the faith of Isaac where they're going to say, when Isaac says in here in a minute, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? When Isaac was laying on the altar and being uh, ready to be offered, my guess is the young men would have said, uh, Abraham, you shouldn't do that. Maybe one of them would have grabbed Isaac and ran off to save Isaac's life. I don't know. They were, they were servants to Abraham, so maybe they would have been obedient and submissive and all those kinds of things. But naturally speaking, if you see a, an adult getting ready to kill a child, you'd like to think somebody would step in. And so Abraham tells these young men, you guys stay here. And there could have been other reasons for it, so please excuse my, my reading into this a little bit. But I see it as making sure there is nothing that can stop me. In order for me to obey God, it needs to be me and Isaac and me and Isaac alone. And, and no one else can stop me. Now, now listen, again, if you just bear with me for a minute. Had he sacrificed Isaac and had it, had it happened where Isaac was not alive anymore and Abraham came back down the mountain alone, how do you think that conversation would have went? The great thing is, is we don't have to wonder because it doesn't happen. <laughs> Why? Because Abraham obeyed. And he got away from any obstacle that was going to keep him. The only obstacle keeping Isaac from being sacrificed, honestly, was a father's love and a child's fear. The only things that were going to keep them from not obeying. But at the end of the day, Abraham loved God as much as he loved Isaac. And so he was willing to do what God told him to do. And Isaac, from everything that we see, trusted his dad enough to go along with it. Which blows my mind. I mean, you guys know my kids. I have a hard time sometimes getting them to obey with some simple things in life. Can you imagine telling them to, hey, lay down, I'm going to kill you, and don't make a sound. <laughs> you know, I mean... It's just amazing, the faith of Abraham, the faith of Isaac, the obedience of Abraham, the obedience of Isaac, that is all here. And we see the submission. 
This is point number four, the submission. Verse number six, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and he laid it upon Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and, the, and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and he said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? <clears throat> Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both of them together went, both of them together. Verse 9, And they came to a place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. This is submission. This is Abraham proving his faith, right? Ultimately, we know that. But again, I, I, I read into it because we don't read it anywhere else, but Isaac's faith here as well. Now you say, well, okay, but Abraham bound him up, so there's a chance that Isaac was saying, Dad. But we don't read anywhere in Scripture of Isaac's fighting this. But what we do read here is the submission to God. I guarantee you, Abraham, we know he had faith that God was going to work it out. He told his son God would provide him a lamb. We'll look in Hebrews 11 in just a second at his faith to find there. But this is, this is ultimate submission to what God says. We know that he raises the knife. We know that he's ready to uh, uh, come down and, and finish the job. Uh, verse number 10 tells us this. Submission on both Abraham and Isaac's part. Isaac to Abraham, Abraham to God. That brings us to point number five, the faith of Abraham. Verse 8, where he says, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Uh, now, people like to read this different ways. Uh, I, the little bit of English grammar that I understand is I don't believe Abraham was saying that God would provide himself, Jesus, although that's the picture we get out of this story, but that God himself would provide an, an, a substitution for Isaac just as God himself provided a substitution for me. And, uh, and so we see, though, the faith of Abraham here talking to his son. God, God's going to take care of it. Now, turn to Hebrews 11. We've got to see it there. It's almost as though maybe Abraham's lying to Isaac here. And why do I say that? Hebrews 11, verse 17, shows us what made or what proved the faith of Abraham? He says in, in Hebrews eleven seventeen, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, uh, again, there's, I wish they would have used that word in, in, the, in the Genesis, but anyways, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac thy seed shall, shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, and whence also he received him in a figure. We see the faith of Abraham is defined as accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead. What does that tell you? That tells you that Abraham was going to go through. I've seen many preachers preach on this, on this uh, um, story. Uh, and, and preachers that I respect greatly. And they've all acted it out pretty much the same way. Abraham raising his hand with a knife with his eyes closed, slowly raising his hand back. 
till finally the angel of the Lord comes and stops him. Maybe. Obviously, we don't know. But from everything that I see from Abraham, I don't think it was that way. I think it was, Isaac, buddy, I'll see you soon. And then the stop. Again, my opinion. Take it or leave it. Do whatever you want with it. But we know that Abraham had the faith that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. And, and he, tells, he tells Isaac here, God's going to provide himself a lamb. Um, and again, and maybe, maybe that was wishful thinking. Maybe it was faith also. Um, he's recorded in Hebrews as having faith that God would raise him from the dead. And so it still makes me think that he's kind of just telling Isaac, come on, don't worry. Everything's under control. Try not to make him nervous. <laughs> but at some point, he ties him up and puts him on the altar. So at some point, Isaac knows, I'm the lamb. But the Bible says Abraham goes through, is going to go through with it, and that's where we come to the last point today, and that's the provision. Verse 10, Abraham stretched back in Genesis 22. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of the heaven, out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. I, I, I just picture uh, uh, Jeff Redland telling this story. And most, one of the more creative storytellers. He's a great preacher, but uh, storytellers around. But just that sigh of relief from Abraham when he heard the angel. Here am I. You know, maybe he's, he says he stretches out his hands to grab the knife, and maybe that's when the angel said it. And Abraham very quickly, in my mind, I'm picturing, drops the knife. Yes, yes, here I am. Yeah, yeah I told you, Isaac. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Again, I try not to I apologize for, for adding to the story. But the angel says, calls out for Abraham, verse 12, and he said, Lay not thine hand upon thy lad, the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. It's the result of the testing, right, in verse number 1. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Now listen. Well, let me get to this first. Verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. What a wonderful story of provision. If I may one more time read into this story a little bit, and again, if you disagree with me, that's perfectly fine. Because Hebrews 11 said that Abraham had faith that God could raise up his son, I lean towards the idea that Abraham, being a smart father, said, Isaac, God will provide himself a lamb. And I see God providing for Abraham his prayer. I believe Abraham believed God could raise Isaac from the dead, but I don't think that's what Abraham wanted. I think Abraham wanted God to provide a lamb so he didn't have to sacrifice Isaac. And we read it as him talking to his son. I read it as him talking to God. And, and as calm and as patient uh, and as trying to hide any fear from his son as he could, God provide a lamb provide a lamb. I don't want to do this. No father would, right? I mean, common sense would tell us that. 
But however it worked out, God did provide this lamb. And it says that uh, he was, uh, took this ram and he offered it up. And again, I, I just this story blows my mind again because it's like Abraham lifted up his eyes and, oh, look, a ram caught in the thickets. What, you didn't see it before? Was it there before? When did he get caught in the thicket? Did the voice of the angel startle the ram and he jumped sideways into the thickets and then he got caught? I don't know. It really doesn't matter because God provided a lamb. And he offered the, the, this ram up instead of, in the stead of, in the place of his son Isaac, just as Jesus died in my stead. And what a just an absolutely wonderful picture this is. We look at, at verse 12 and we see uh, again the fact that Abraham was willing uh, or refused to not, I don't know how the right way to word this I guess is, to withhold his son, his only son from him. Again, God offering his son, his only son for me. I joked with a person yesterday at basketball. We were talking about kids and um, you know on different teams, so they got practice and games and travel and just different things, going different places. And I said, all you got to do is get rid of one of the kids. Get rid of one of the kids. You don't have to worry about it anymore. So that's what we're doing next year when Brett and Cannon are on different teams. We'll just get rid of one of them, and then we've only got to go to the one. Now, obviously, just kidding and joking around. You know, Abraham didn't have that luxury, and I say luxury. I know that sounds brutal. Uh, he couldn't say, it's okay, I have another one. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, well, yeah, it's not the way it worked. God was very clear, I want you to take your true only son, the son that I promised you, the son that you laughed at when I said you were going to have, the son that I told you is going to be the father of many nations, the beginning of that, the, this son that, that, you know, think back to... Um, uh, uh, um, Samuel, right? Giving back to God. This idea of, of this one thing that I greatly desired, that I love so dearly, God says, I want you to take that and I want you to give it to me. And from everything that we read, Abraham simply said, Yes. We don't see Abraham argue with God. We don't see Abraham stall. We don't see Abraham uh, uh, um, panic. All we see from Abraham is obedience. We're going to have a test that is given to us, uh, multiple tests. What are you doing now to prepare to obey? Are you doing anything? Are you able to separate yourself from obstacles, from things that will keep you from obeying? Are you submissive, no matter the, the, the request or the command given by God? Do you have faith that God is able? If those things take place, then you'll get to see the provision just as Abraham did. This story of Abraham and Isaac is, again, one of the most intriguing stories, I think, in Scripture. And there's a lot of great stories in Scripture. This one just constantly, at every turn, I'm just going, 
Wait, what? Seriously? He was going to do what? What the Bible clearly tells us, Abraham had faith that God was going to take care of it. And he got to see and be a part of one of the greatest illustrations of Jesus Christ in all of Scripture that would show us that one day God would love the world and He would send His only begotten Son so that whosoever believed on Him would be saved. We've got to take Abraham and remember, first of all, Abraham was just a guy. Abraham was just a guy. Sometimes we take these Bible uh, characters, I say characters, they're real people, and we look at them and we kind of put them on this kind of pedestal, almost like uh, the world put superheroes. And we look at them and we go, oh man, Abraham, Moses, Paul, uh, the apostles, all these people, we just put them up on this pedestal and think, man, these people, great, just as some preachers do, great men of faith, great men of faith. Abraham was a guy, was a husband, was a father, was a citizen to some degree. <laughs> he honestly isn't different than us. What sets him apart, so to say, he was willing to follow God and do whatever God asked him. You and I should not be different than Abraham. You and I should be preparing for obedience and getting away from obstacles and being submissive to God and having faith. God says all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed and you can move mountains. All I need is those things to watch the provision of God flow into my life. Starting at salvation, for sure, but not ending there. Are you like Abraham? That, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, the question you have to ask today. What an amazing story and a great example to us, because I've always looked at it and said, if Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, yeah, I should be willing to do what God's asking me to do because God has never asked me to sacrifice my children. And I don't anticipate he ever will. I think I can do the things that God asked me to do. Starting with the simple basics, reading, praying, talking to other people, um, fellowshipping with Christians, worshiping with Christians together in church. Why can't I do those things? Abraham was willing to kill his son. I should be willing to set the alarm clock. Right? I mean, it's, I know it's, I don't mean to belittle any of it. But it seems like the things that God asks us to do aren't that hard. And yet we still battle it. Well, may we grow in our faith. May we grow in our obedience. Um, and may we be willing to do what God wants us to do. Verse number five, by the way, first time in Scripture that the word worship is used. So in this chapter, you've got two words that we think about a lot, right? Love and worship. First time in Scripture we see it. It's in this story, um, which to me is, is pretty neat also. 
Let's pray. Lord, thank you for letting us come today. Thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the examples, the real life examples of people in, throughout history that have followed you and the result um, that came from it. Lord, may we understand how great it is and the great opportunity we have to have faith in and to obey the same God that Abraham had faith in and obeyed. And Lord, may you grow our faith and may we be more obedient. Lord, that we will do the things in our lives that will help us to do these things, to get away from any obstacles. Lord, that we be in constant preparation for obedience because we know the tests are coming. And thankfully, they're not the same kind of tests that Abraham got. So, Lord, help us to see the worth of obedience. And, Lord, help us to obey you more, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, 6.30. Uh, hopefully you can be here for that. And uh, we continue on uh, in Psalms. We're getting to the end of Psalms. That's crazy to think. It's been a long time we've been in Psalms. Uh, but we continue on uh, Psalm 122 this week uh, and looking forward to that as well. Thank you all for being here today. It's always an